Good morning and welcome to church. Who's happy to be in God's house today? So excited to be here with you this morning. I say it all the time, but I love Sundays. They're my favorite day of the week. I love getting to come and worship the Lord and serve on the Alive team and serve the youth and all of that. So, um, so thankful to be with you guys today and for the opportunity to share with you again. Um, with, sorry, is the mic okay? Feeling kind of, I'm hearing kind of a, a feedback there, but so thankful to be with you again today for the opportunity to share with you and just really excited to share what God has put on my heart. So my name is Kathleen, uh, like they said, so I serve alongside my husband and the youth here and together we have a very adorable five-month-old son, Joshua, and I'm also the Connections Director here at Alive. Um, I'm from here originally, but moved out to New York where I met my husband, and we did ministry there and, and moved back here a couple of years ago. And from the moment we walked into Alive, we knew that it was home. And so if you're visiting, just want to say welcome and praying the same thing for you, that you feel at home here today and um, that you feel welcomed and all of that. Well, we are in week five and our final week of our Book of Prayers series. So just been diving in all month long on the Book of Prayers. The Bible is just a big book of prayers. And so we've also um, had our 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Alive. We have, the, have a rhythm that every January we pray and fast for 21 days. So today is the last day. So if you've been Praying and fasting with us, you did it, you're almost there. Um, it's been awesome. I have to say, for fast, normally I prefer like, hey, let me just like not eat for a few days and call it a day. The extended fasts tend to be a little bit harder for me, where you have to go a long time with, you know, giving up whatever you gave up. And um, I have to tell you, I have thoroughly enjoyed this time of fasting for us, and maybe you're in a, a similar season of some sort. Um, you know, it's been busy and our rhythms have been thrown off with the new baby and all of that. And so just to be able to take time and um, just pause and get back into some um, spiritual disciplines and remembering to just seek the Lord has been really, really, really good. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. And so hope the same for you. And we said, hey, let's do a prayer list challenge where we've taken the month, we've had our prayer list. And we've prayed over that list, maybe people that we know in our life that are far from God or someone that we have a burden on our heart for. And so I'm just really excited. We're going to be hearing testimonies of this time of praying and fasting. Amen. Coming up, God's uh, done something and he's moving in and through our praying and fasting. And we've been able to partner with God in it, which has just been awesome. And um, Pastor Erica has just been doing a phenomenal job this month, just kind of laying the foundation of this, of this series for us. And just want to kind of recap some of the things that we talked about in case you missed it. We talked about what is God doing in our life. We kicked off the series um, right on New Year's Day. We were here in the house. And what is God doing in your life? Because those are the things that will last forever. We asked God, God, what is your priority for us this year? It doesn't matter what our priority is. We want to do what you would have us to do. Because God's plan isn't always what we think it should be, right? And we talked about prayer actually works. If you need a boost in your faith, go back and listen to week two um, of this series. It was just awesome. Pastor Erica actually shared um, just a story of her mom's family who didn't know the Lord. They weren't saved, kind of like a party house, and about how a neighbor who had five kids just felt burdened to pray for this family. And um, as a result, that family, that family of five or six was saved, 
and the whole family tree. So now I think there's 60 something of them, you know, kids and grandkids and all of that, then spouses who married in that are all Christians and all serving the Lord, which is totally encouraging and just awesome to hear. So again, being able to just partner with God is awesome. And then we talked about the lost, how Jesus's main mission here on earth was to seek and save the lost. And it wasn't some cutesy phrase. That's why he came and he uh, calls us to partner with him in that. So that's why we're doing this. We're praying and we're fasting and praying for people in our life because we want to be on mission with Jesus to seek and save the lost. And then last week, she talked about how to pray for the lost. Like, okay, we know, you know, we know we need to pray for the lost, so how to pray. So she went in practical steps on how to pray for the lost, and it was awesome. And, you know, God uses us as his plan A. He calls us to pray with him, right? He uses us as plan A, and there is no plan B. Like, we are God's plan to help others come into relationship with him. So then it's kind of like, well, everything's done. What's my message for today, right? Like, hey, she did it all. I can pack up and go home, right? What's left? So we know like we should pray, right? We know that God calls us to it. We know the step-by-step and how to. We know to, to pray for the lost and all of these things. So what's left? The, what's left is the waiting, the waiting. God doesn't always answer our prayers right away. If you've been walking with him for any amount of time, you know that, Right? And it's not always easy when we don't see our prayers answered right away. The waiting sometimes is the hardest part. It's like, okay, even if you have faith, the waiting and waiting for God and for him to answer. So it's kind of in, you know, a simple message for today, just to, to wait on the Lord and, and have faith. But my prayer and my belief, and um, I've been praying just that each and every one of us can leave here with something today. So whether uh, you're a mature believer, you've been walking with the Lord a long time, or if you're new to your faith, or maybe you're just visiting today, My prayer is that each and every one of us will leave here with something for today. So that brings me to the title of my message, which is Pressing In. Pressing In. We're going to kind of do some word word study and lots of kind of um, definitions, because as I was studying this out, a lot of the things that we just read, kind of maybe common verses or things that we know, just when you actually... Uh, meditate on what the actual meaning of each word is, it's super interesting and it gives so much more meat to what we're reading. And so the definition, just the English definition is of press in means to force something in some space or crevice. And the example that it gave was he pressed the paste into the cracks to seal them up. So when you think about pressing in, what's the first thing that you think about this in your own mind? When I asked myself this question, I thought, well, the very first thing that comes to mind is a runner. You know, I mentioned that we came from New York City and we had the New York City Marathon and there's lots of, you know, races and lots of marathons all around our country and around the world and all of that. But New York City Marathon is huge. People come, flock from all over, hundreds of thousands of of people and runners from all over that come to compete in the race. And I thought, well, they must need to really press in when when they're running. And maybe some runners here, maybe you feel, you know, you can relate you know, it's physical pain. It's a mental, you know, getting past the mental block to stop. It's, you know, maybe being hungry or thirsty or just things aching. And faith, like I was thinking about it, yeah, they have faith that the 26.2 mile marker is where it should be, right? And not at 30 miles and someone didn't mess up, like they have faith too to run. Some synonyms that stood out to me are indent, mark, push in, and imprint. 
or press in. The scripture reference for this is Philippians 3.14. We can read it together. It says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The word press in the original Greek here is likened to persecution. So it's such a strong kind of intense, heavy word that it was likened to persecution in the original language. And it also says to run after. So I run after the goal, right? I press on towards the goal to pursue. They're pursuing towards the goal to seek after eagerly. Seek after eagerly, right? So before we dive into it, I'm just going to open up in prayer and then we'll dive in. Lord, I just thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the amazing worship and the opportunity that we have to come into your house today, Lord. Many in other countries, God, are not afforded this privilege, Lord. God, I thank you that we can freely worship you this morning, and I thank you that you have something in this message for each and every one of us. So I just pray, Lord, that you would just speak through me, Lord, and um, that you would touch the hearts of your people in this place. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So I broke up this up into three separate points just to make it really super easy for us to remember. So point one is don't look at the clock. Don't look at the clock. So if we want to press in, we're not looking at the clock. A lot of us may be familiar with some of these stories, but I want to take a look together. Like we read it, Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for their promise of their son Isaac. So we read it, again, some of us are familiar with these stories. We read it, and we're like, okay, 25 years, yeah. But I, I did the math, and we're going to, hope you like math, I hope you like numbers, we're going to go over them together. So 25 years means 300 months, over 1,300 weeks, 9,125 days, 219,145 hours, 13,148,719 minutes, and yes, I'm going there, 788,923,149 seconds. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of minutes, it's a lot of weeks, and it's a lot of waiting. He waited 25 years. Joseph waited 13 years with lots of heartache and imprisonment and lots of trials and things coming at him before the promise of ruling was fulfilled in his life. The Israelites had to wait 40 years to get to the promised land. Some of that their own doing, but that's another message. Job waited through suffering. David waited to be king. And then I love this. Jesus waited 30 years, right? Jesus was 30 years old before he started his public ministry. So he was waiting 30 years to wait, to look for, to hope, and to expect. Waiting is a verb. We're, we're, when we're waiting, we're doing something, right? We're, and we're not just waiting blankly. We're waiting with expectation and, and looking forward to and with hope. Amen? And God is at work in our waiting. Just like we heard earlier in this series that we're in seasons in life. And we could be in a season of waiting, right? Maybe we don't love it, but maybe that's where we're at. Bible says that trials are problems and trials develop endurance, endurance strength of character, which gives us confident hope and salvation. And in fact, uh, Psalm 27, 14, it's a Psalm of David, David, and it, it, in my Bible it's um, titled as an exuberant declaration of faith, which I just love. 
And it says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So other translations, instead of uh, be of good courage, it says be brave and courageous or be strong. So why does it say to be strong and courageous and brave as we wait on the Lord? Like that's a little intense. Like when I think of waiting, I think of like no surprise to my husband, waiting in line at Target, right? Any other wives in the room? Like I never liked Target, no offense, Jason. Um, I was never a Target person. And then I had a kid and I'm literally in Target so bad that I'll text my friend like, hey, are you at Target? Because we're both always there. We both have young babies. So we've made it a habit of like, hey, I'm going to Target. Do you happen to be there? Because um, we're always there. So waiting in line at Target, waiting in line at Dairy Queen for our favorite blizzard. Had to throw that in there for you, Pastor Eric. I know you guys are going to be watching this later. An ice cream reference. Pastor Eric loves ice cream, right? Maybe waiting in line uh, at the post office, waiting in line to turn. Those things maybe be might be annoying or inconvenient, but nothing to be strong or courageous over. The original Hebrew for the word wait means to prevail, to make firm, to sustain, to withstand, and to hold strongly with. So as we're waiting, that's what we're doing. We're prevailing, we're making firm, we're sustaining, we're withstanding, and we're holding strongly, right? So in other words, waiting is not for the faint of heart. Waiting is not for the faint of heart. You know, I mentioned, again, we came from New York City, and we did ministry there. Big surprise, we did youth ministry, Ian and I. And um, I remember I was new to the ministry and kind of even a newer, you know, newer in my faith. And um, every year we would do fall retreats, similar to what we do here, where we take our students every fall down to Ohio for our awesome impact retreat. And um, we would go, there's nowhere to really have a retreat in New York City. So we would go out to Pennsylvania and um, there was lots of other, you know, female, I was obviously in the female dorm, lots of other female leaders there. And I remember hearing a testimony um, even from years before I had got there and also a, a couple of the first years that I was there of students and even other younger leaders who were wanting to get baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And so these leaders gathered, these you know, mature leaders gathered around the young ladies who were wanting to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tarried. They waited on the Lord for hours. Like one time I heard that they were praying for six hours. And youth, for, for the youth that are here, that's yours too if you want it. You aren't exempt for waiting on the Lord. You know, wait on the Lord and he'll receive, you'll receive the, the promises and, and the, the desires of your heart. But I'm so glad that they didn't look at the clock. So glad that they didn't look at the clock. There's a pastor that we know who prayed for his dad for decades to come to the Lord. For decades. And it wasn't even without opposition. Um, his dad just, you know, wasn't for him living a, a Christian life and, you know, leading a church and all of that. And so, um, he, but he didn't stop praying. He prayed for decades. And it, God, in his mercy, allowed this pastor to lead his dad into the prayer of salvation. We're going to have an opportunity for us to do that today before we leave. Um, if anyone's wanting to take the next step, that next step in their faith and had the opportunity to lead him to Christ and they worshiped together and, and uh, got to just share a really special time before his dad's passing. I'm so glad that he didn't look at the clock. 
Maybe you're praying for a situation, right, or someone on your prayer list. Maybe you've been praying for a long time, or maybe you're like, hey, Lord, I've been praying about this specific situation or this specific heart's desire for a long time or this specific family member or friend for a long time. Like, Lord, where are you? Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the clock. Keep praying, keep waiting, keep believing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and he's, the context here is he's talking about heaven. So he's like, hey guys, we're, we believe that heaven is real. We believe that we're going there. Many of them were still afar off from it. But we have faith and we believe that, that that's real and we're pressing on and we're waiting and we're looking for and we're hoping and we're having faith, even though they couldn't see it. And that's for us today. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't see an ounce of our prayers being answered yet, keep having faith, keep looking on, keep walking by faith and not by sight. And some of you might be here today and, and you're like, well, gosh, all this talk about prayer, I'm not, I don't really know how to pray or maybe you're scared to pray you know, in front of people. I remember when I was a new Christian, I was literally petrified to the point of shaking if I would have had to even just open up in our small group. Um, when I got involved in, you know, in the youth ministry there, and I, I was just so scared. So I thought, okay, the best thing to do is to join an intercessory prayer group where I have to pray out loud. <laughs> and so that's exactly what I did. I, we had an intercessory prayer group there. We have one here at Alive, and we have a prayer crew here, um, if you're interested. But that's what I did. I thought, I thought, you know what, I better link up with other mature believers, other people who know how to pray, who know how to wait on the Lord, not look at the clock, and learn how to pray. Everyone can pray. It's just like, how I'm talking to you, we can talk to the Lord. He's our father and he's our friend. But I thought, let me do this. So I joined this prayer group and our old church was an old theater in New York. Um, and so we actually went underneath the stage where services were taking place and we got to pray for the youth meetings that happened every Friday. Friday night, hundreds of youth and young adults came out for the message and we got the privilege of praying for the service. And then once a week, the leader called us to uh, get on a conference call and do a prayer call where we would just lift up various needs of different prayer points that we would have for the church or, you know, for each specific ministry or world events or whatever it was. And I remember I would be so scared, shaking, wondering, oh, is it going to be my turn to pray or what's going to happen? And then that leader stepped down to go do what God called him to do. And another leader came in and she was like, you know what, let's pray Monday through Friday in the morning. I can't remember the times. So it was like, you know, six o'clock in the morning or something. For whoever's available, let's just all get on and pray. And so for years, I mean, it depended on the season and which day of the week I had different hours at my, my job there. But um, I would wake up anywhere between four and 530 in the morning so that I could get up, get ready, and then be on the prayer call when we prayed. And then from there, I ran and jumped on the train to head to the city for work. So there's a cost too, and a sacrifice when we pray and intercede for others. It's not like always easy. There's a waiting and there's a cost to it. It's costly, but it's worth it. Amen. Second point is stay with it. The second point is stay with it. We're going to talk about the widow and the judge scripture. So we're going to read it together. It's Luke 18, one, uh, starting at verse 1, and it says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart or not faint. So always here means at all times, on all occasions, unceasingly, perpetually, and continual. Always 
praying. You are to always pray and not faint, which means not be wearied out, not be weak, not be exhausted, and not fail. I love that. Don't fail. Just keep praying and don't fail. Don't stop. Don't faint. So Jesus speaking, and he prefaced it with that, like men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And then we go into verse 2, which says, there was a city, there was a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And just kind of cool, like little nugget for you, her continual here, that phrase, her continual coming, um, is the only time that that original word was used. And I feel like, wow, that's how much she came to him, is her continuous. The only time in the Bible that ever, that the original Greek word was ever used. Verse 5, also translated in the NLT, I love it. It says, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy, right? She was driving him crazy. That's how much she came to him. Like, we are to continually pray. She continually went to this judge. And widows in that, in that time, scholars believe a couple different things. Widows could have potentially had property if they received it from their father. But mostly in that society, widows were kind of, um, you know, seen as less than in society. It would have meant social and economic tragedy for them. You know, their husband wore their covering and their, um, their provider and all of that. And so the fact that the judge had pity it's on her, there's a specific reason why we, we see that it was a widow. Like the judge had pity on the widow who was less than in society, but he still, he didn't care about people and he wasn't a Christian, right? Scripture tells us, but he still uh, let her have her request because of her continual coming. In God's heart, Psalm 36, 7 says, how priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. So if a judge who doesn't care about people and he's not a Christian will do that for someone, how much more God for us who loves us? The Bible says it right there. Verse 6 through 8 says, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Bear long here means not to lose heart, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles, to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. And so if that's God and we're to imitate God, how much more us? We're called to the same thing, right? We're called to be patient and to wait and that should be our heart in praying. And I love that Jesus says, hey, when I come back, will I really find faith on earth? Which leads me to my next point. What's your mustard seed? What's your mustard seed? I'll talk about what that means. You're like, what are you talking about mustard seed? So many of us are familiar with the parable of the mustard seed. The disciples came to him and they were like, hey, why couldn't we cast out this demon? What's going on? Jesus said to them, Matthew 17, 20, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. 
So I have a little bag of mustard seeds here. Glad I didn't forget them at home today. That would have been bad. It's, I was years into my faith before I ever actually saw a mustard seed. I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is so holy. Like it's a mustard seed that we use for mustard. But I remember feeling like it was super holy and everything. And so I don't even know, even if you were to be sitting in the, the front row, my hands still have to touch to hold this. So this, scripture says, this teeny tiny little thing can move that. Like a huge mountain. This is what God is asking us of us to have, is have faith as long as we have faith, this teeny tiny, you can probably not even see it, we can move mountains. Isn't that mountain beautiful too? Love looking at God's creation. And that's just one of so many. A black mustard seed was the smallest seed ever to be sown by a first century farmer. Kind of did some research on this and thought it was really cool. So then that would have been the smallest seed that they would have known. So Jesus, what he did was he related the very smallest thing that they would have known and said, hey, this is all I'm asking, which I just love because he meets us where we're at, which I just thought was such a loving thing. It just shows me the love of Jesus. Like, I'm just going to give you something in layman's terms that you understand. It's super small seed, the smallest ones that we have here. Faith is repeated 247 times in the Bible. So I think it's something that God wants us to have and to remember, faith. And do you ever wonder, like, will God answer you? We know for a fact that it's God's heart's desire that each and every person shall be saved. That's why he, he's tearing, he's waiting for, for people to come to know him before he returns. And we learn that that's his will, right? But sometimes, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm praying and I just have a heart's desire, maybe it's just something personal, heart's desire, it's like, well, Lord, you know, are you gonna, are you gonna answer this? Or, you know, should I keep praying? Or is this something, you know, you wanna do? But my one mustard seed is that I know God can answer my prayer. That has always been my one mustard seed. There has been times in my life where I've been weary, where I've been waiting, and I've been wondering where God is. I didn't even do that on purpose. Three W's, that was just off the cuff, guys. But I, I know that God can do it. I know that God can do it, that he's able to. Relating is hard, or waiting is hard, right? We can grow weary and um, super easy to lose faith if we're not careful. But I'm here to remind you that God is the Lord of heaven's armies. He's the commander in chief. He formed heaven and earth and everything in it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's the great physician and he can do it. He can do it. Amen. So just as I prepare uh, to close today, I just want to remind us that we are all called to pray. We're all called to pray. You know, don't give up, continue to press in. Um, you know, I talked about, oh, prayer warriors, but all of us are called to pray. And a lot of times I just know from experience that whenever we're on the verge of a breakthrough is often when we feel like giving up. But if we just press in a little bit longer, God is able to, um, to answer our prayer and we see victory most times then. And just want to share a story with you. I kind of debated sharing, but got permission from my husband. He gave me his blessing if I chose to share this. Um, the Bible says that, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And it says the same way that we have been comforted, we should comfort others. And so that's my hope in sharing this with you. But this week, something super unexpected happen happened. My husband lost his job. 
Um, they, at his firm, lost a couple of big clients and um, just didn't have the, the work in his department, so a lot of people were let go. And totally shook us, right? Like, we have a five-month-old, we have some things that are coming up in our, in our lives that we're preparing for, and, I mean, after we caught our breath from, like, the pushback, right, the, the shock, um, we said, no, God is faithful, and he's going to do it. He's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. He can give us something even better than we can think or imagine. So this word that I'm speaking to you today, it's funny because oftentimes as a communicator in any, you know, any capacity, God will sometimes speak the thing to us first before we, um, so, th- so that we can give it to others, and it's real and it's authentic. So what I'm sharing today is the same comfort we've received all week that God is able to, that God wants us to, that we can be in faith. He's a good heavenly father. He loves us. The same way he cares about all of our needs, it's the same way that he cares about you and your needs and the people on your prayer list and God's wanting to do it. And so Jason's uh, gonna come up and we're just gonna have a, a time of response and and um, I think in a moment I'll ask you to stand and maybe you're here and, and you know, you're, growing weak, or maybe you're weary, or maybe you're, you're waiting. And so my, my, my prayer, my intention as we just seek the Lord in these next couple of moments is just to, to press in, to ask God, let's reflect, what's my mustard seed? If I have nothing else, everything else is taking from me, what is my mustard seed? And ask God and, and proclaim it, tell God, and remind God, God, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for this person, for this situation. Move on my behalf. And he, he delights too. He's a good, loving, heavenly father. I just love parents in the room. I'm sure you can understand. Since becoming a mom, the love of God is so much more understandable to me. I just, I love God. He's a loving heavenly father and, and desires for each of us to, to, to seek him and to be encouraged and to live in peace to live without fear, and to keep praying, keep enduring, to keep hoping, right? So let's all go ahead and stand together. Let's just worship the Lord and and enjoy this time of response, and then I'll be back up uh, to close us out in prayer. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.